Section 22 of Holidays at Roselands. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joyce Martin. Holidays at Roselands by Martha Finley. Chapter 15, Part 1. Wide flush the fields, the softening air is balm. Echo the mountains round, the forest smiles, And every sense and every heart is joy. Thompson It was spring again, early in April. The air was filled with the melody of birds, And balmy with the breath of flowers. All nature was awakening to renewed life and vigor, But not so with our little friend. She had never fully recovered her strength, and as the season advanced and the weather became warmer, she seemed to grow more languid. Her father was very anxious about her, and sending for Dr. Barton one morning, he held a long consultation with him, the result of which was a determination on Mr. Dinsmore's part that he would take his little girl traveling for some months. They would go north immediately, for the doctor said it was the best thing that could be done, in fact, the only thing that would be likely to benefit her. When the doctor had gone, Mr. Dinsmore went to Elsie's little sitting-room, where she was busily engaged with her lessons. "'I am not quite ready yet, Papa,' she said, looking up as he entered. "'Isn't it a little before the time?' "'Yes, a little,' he replied, consulting his watch. "'But you needn't mind that lesson, daughter. "'I am afraid I have been working you too hard.' "'Oh, no, Papa, and if you please, I would rather finish the lesson.' "'Very well, then. "'I will wait for you,' he said, taking up a book. "'She came to him in a few moments, saying that she was quite ready now, "'and when he had heard her recitations and praised her for their excellence,' He bade her put her books away and come and sit on his knee, for he had something to tell her. "'Is it good news, Papa?' she asked, as he lifted her to her accustomed seat. "'Yes, I hope you will think so. It is that you and I and Mammy and John are about to set out upon our travels. I am going to take you north to spend the summer, as the doctor thinks that this is the best thing that can be done to bring back your health and strength.' Elsie's eyes were dancing with joy. "'Oh, how delightful that will be!' she exclaimed. "'And will you take me to see Miss Rose, Papa?' "'Yes, anywhere that you would like to go. "'Suppose we make out a list of the places you would like to visit,' he said, taking out pencil and paper. "'Oh, yes, Papa,' she answered eagerly. "'I would like to go to Washington to see the Capitol and the President's House, "'and then to Philadelphia to see Independence Hall where they sign the Declaration. "'You know,' and then to New York, and then to Boston, for I want to see Bunker Hill and Foneo Hill, and the places that we read so much about in the history of the Revolution, and— But, Papa, may I really go wherever I want to? she asked, interrupting herself in the midst of her rapid enumeration, to which he was listening with an amused expression. I said so, did I not? he replied, smiling at her eagerness. Well, then, Papa— I want to see Lake Champlain and Ontario, yes, and all those great lakes, and Niagara Falls, and a sail up and down the Hudson River and the Connecticut, and I would like to visit the White Mountains, and I don't know where else I would like to go, but that will do pretty well for a beginning, I think, he said, laughing, and by the time we are through with all those, if you are not ready to return home, 
you may be able to think of some more. Now, for the time of starting, this is Wednesday. I think we will leave next Tuesday morning. I am so glad it is so soon, Elsie said with a look of great satisfaction, for I am in such a hurry to see Miss Rose. Must I go on with the lessons this week, Papa? With your music and drawing, but that will be all, except that we will read history together for an hour every day. I know a little regular employment will make the time pass much more quickly and pleasantly to you. Elsie could now talk a very little but her expected journey, and thought that time moved much more slowly than usual. Yet when Monday evening came and she and her father walked over the grounds, taking leave of all her favorite haunts, everything was looking so lovely that she half regretted the necessity of leaving her beautiful home, even for a few months. They started very early in the morning, before the sun was up, traveling to the city in their own carriage and then taking the cars. They visited Baltimore and Washington, staying just long enough in each place to see all that was worth seeing, then went on to Philadelphia, where they expected to remain several weeks, as it was there Miss Rose resided. Mr. Allison was a prosperous merchant, with a fine establishment in the city, and a very elegant country seat a few miles out of it. On reaching the city, Elsie was in such haste to see her friend that she entreated her father to go directly to Mr. Allison's, saying she was certain that Miss Rose would wish them to do so. But Mr. Dinsmore would not consent. It will never do, he said, to rush in upon our friends in that way without giving them any warning. We might put them to great inconvenience. So John was sent for a carriage, and they drove to one of the first hotels in the city, where Mr. Dinsmore at once engaged rooms for himself, daughter, and servants. "'You are looking tired, my child,' he said, as he led Elsie to her room and seated her upon a sofa, "'and you are warm and dusty. But Mammy must give you a bath and put on your loose wrapper, and I will have your supper brought up here, and then you must go early to bed. I hope you will feel quite bright again in the morning.' "'Yes, Papa, I hope so. And then you will take me to see Miss Rose, won't you?' she said coaxingly. "'I will send them our cards to-night, my dear, since you feel in such haste.' he replied in a pleasant tone, and probably Miss Rose will be here in the morning if she is well and cares to see us. John and the porter were bringing up the trunks. They set them down and went out again, followed by Mr. Dinsmore, who did not return until half an hour afterwards, when he found Elsie lying on the sofa, seeming much refreshed by her bath and change of clothing. "'You look better already, dearest,' he said, stooping to press a kiss on her lips. "'And you too, Papa,' she answered, smiling up at him. I think it improves anyone to get the dust washed off. Won't you take your tea up here with me? I should like it so much. I will, darling, he said kindly. It is a great pleasure to me to gratify you in any harmless wish. And then he asked her what she would like for her supper, and she told Chloe to ring for the waiter that she might order it. After their tea they had their reading and prayer together. Then he bade her good night and left her, telling Chloe to put her to bed immediately. Chloe obeyed and the little girl rose the next morning feeling quite rested and looking very well and bright. "'How early do you think Miss Rose will come, Papa?' was the first question she put to him on his entrance to her room. "'Indeed, my child, I do not know, but I certainly should not advise you to expect her before ten o'clock at the very earliest.' "'And it isn't eight yet,' murmured Elsie disconsolately. "'Oh, Papa, I wish you would take me to see her as soon as breakfast is over.' He shook his head. 
"'You must not be so impatient, my little daughter,' he said, drawing her toward him. "'Shall I take you to Independence Hall to-day?' "'Not until Miss Rose has been here, if you please, Papa, because I am so afraid of missing her.' "'Very well. You may stay in this morning, if you wish,' he replied in an indulgent tone, as he took her hand to lead her down to the breakfast-table. So Elsie remained in her room all the morning, starting at every footstep and turning her head eagerly every time the door opened, but no Miss Rose appeared, and she met her father at dinner-time with a very disconsolate face. He sympathized in her disappointment and said all he could to raise her drooping spirits. When dinner was over, he did not ask if he should take her out, but quickly bade her go to Chloe and get her bonnet put on. She obeyed. She knew she must, without a word. But, as he took her hand on her return, he led her out. She asked, "'Is there no danger that Miss Rose will come while we are gone, Papa?' "'If she does, my dear, she will leave her card, and then we can go to see her, or very possibly she may wait until we return,' he answered in a kind, cheerful voice. "'But at any rate, you must have a walk this afternoon.' Elsie sighed a little, but said no more, and her father led her along, talking so kindly and finding so many pretty things to show her, that after a little she almost forgot her anxiety and disappointment. They were passing a confectioner's, where the display of sweetmeats in the window was unusually tempting. Elsie called his attention to it. "'See, Papa, how very nice those candies look!' He smiled a little, asking, "'Which do you think looks the most inviting?' "'I don't know, Papa. There is such a variety.' "'I will indulge you for once. It isn't often I do,' he said, leading her into the store. "'So now choose what you want, and I will pay for it.' "'Thank you, Papa!' And the smile that accompanied the words was a very bright one. When they returned to their hotel, Elsie eagerly inquired of Chloe if Miss Rose had been there, and was again sadly disappointed to learn that she had not. "'Oh, Papa!' she said, bursting into tears. "'What can be the reason that she doesn't come?' "'I don't know, darling,' he answered soothingly, "'but never mind. "'She is probably away from home, "'and perhaps will return in a day or two. "'The next morning Mr. Dinsmore would not hear "'of staying in to wait for a call that was so uncertain, "'but ordered a carriage immediately after breakfast, "'and had Elsie out sightseeing and shopping all day. "'One of their visits, "'one which was particularly pleased and interested the little girl, "'was to Independence Hall.' where they were shown the bell which in revolutionary days had, in accordance with its motto, proclaimed liberty throughout all the land to all the inhabitants thereof. "'I am so glad to have seen it, Papa,' Elsie said. "'I have always felt so interested in its story, and shall never forget it as long as I live.' "'Yes,' he said with a pleased smile. "'I was sure you would enjoy seeing it, for I know my little girl is very patriotic.' Other historical scenes were visited after that, and thus several days passed very pleasantly. Still there were no tidings of Miss Allison, and at last Elsie gave up expecting her, for her father said it must certainly be that the family had left the city for the summer, although it was so early in the season. So he decided that they would go on and visit Boston and the White Mountains, and perhaps go up the Hudson River too, and to Niagara Falls and the lakes, stopping in Philadelphia again on their return, when their friends would probably be in the city again. It was Saturday morning that he announced his decision to Elsie, adding that they would remain where they were over the Sabbath and leave for New York early Monday morning. 
Elsie sighed at the thought of giving up for so long a time all hope of seeing Miss Rose, and looked very sober for a little while, though she said nothing. "'Well, I believe we have seen all the sights in this city of brotherly love, so what shall we do with ourselves to-day?' her father asked gaily as he drew her toward him and playfully patted her cheek. "'I should like to go back to the Academy of Fine Arts, if you will take me, Papa. There are several pictures there which I very much want to see again.' "'Then get your bonnet, my pet, and we will go at once,' he said, and Elsie hastened to do his bidding." There were few other visitors in the academy when Mr. Dinsmore and his little girl entered. They spent several hours there, almost too much absorbed in studying the different paintings to notice who were coming or going, or what might be passing by them. They themselves, however, were by no means unobserved, and more than once the remark might have been heard from someone whose eyes were turned in that direction. "'What a very fine-looking gentleman, or what a lovely little girl!' One young lady and gentleman watched them for some time. "'What a very handsome and distinguished-looking man he is,' remarked the lady in an undertone. "'His face looks familiar, too, and yet I surely cannot have met him before.' "'Yes, he is a fine, gentlemanly-looking fellow,' replied her companion in the same low tone. "'But it is the little girl that attracts my attention. She is perfectly lovely.' "'His sister, I presume.' There, Rose, now you can see her face, he added, as at that moment Elsie turned toward them. Oh, it is a dear little face, but can it be? No, surely it is impossible. Yes, yes, it is my own little Elsie. For that instant their eyes met, and uttering a joyful exclamation, the little girl darted across the room and threw herself into the lady's arms, crying, Oh, Miss Rose, dear, dear Miss Rose, how glad I am! "'Elsie, darling, why, where did you come from?' And Rose's arms were clasped about the little girl's waist, and she was showering kisses upon the sweet little face. "'I did not even know you were in the North,' she said presently, releasing her from her embrace, but still keeping fast hold of her hand, and looking down lovingly into her face. "'When did you come? And who is with you? But I need scarcely ask, for it must be your papa, of course.' "'Yes, ma'am,' replied Elsie, looking round. "'There he is.' and see he is coming toward us papa this is miss rose rose held out her hand with one of her sweetest smiles i am very glad to see you mr dinsmore especially as you brought my dear little friend with you this is my brother edward she added turning to her companion mr dinsmore edward and little elsie of whom you have so often heard me speak there was a cordial greeting all around then questions were asked and answered until everything had been explained Mr. Dinsmore, learning that Mr. Allison's family were out of the city, passing the summer in their country seat, and had never received his cards, but that to-day Rose and her brother had come in to do a little shopping, and finding that they had an hour to spare, had fortunately decided to pay a visit to the Academy. When these explanations had been made, Edward and Rose urged Mr. Dinsmore to return with them to their home and pay them a long visit, saying that they knew nothing else would at all satisfy their parents and at length he consented to do so, on condition that they first dined with him at his hotel, to which they finally agreed. Elsie was delighted with the arrangement, and looked happier, her father laughingly affirmed, than she had done for a week. She was seated by Miss Rose at dinner, and also in the carriage during their ride, which was a beautiful one, and just long enough to be pleasant. 
They had passed a number of very handsome residences, which Rose had pointed out to Elsie, generally giving the name of the occupant, and asking how she liked the place. "'Now, Elsie, we are coming to another,' she said, laying her hand on the little girl's arm, "'and I want you to tell me what you think of it. See that large old-fashioned house built of grey stone there, beyond the avenue of elms? Oh, I like it so much! Better than any of the others. I think I should like to live there.' "'I am very glad it pleases you,' Rose answered with a smile, "'and I hope you will live there at least for some weeks or months.' "'Oh, it is your home? "'How glad I am!' exclaimed the little girl as the carriage turned into the avenue. "'This is a very fine old place, Miss Allison,' remarked Mr. Dinsmore, turning toward her. "'I think one might well be content to spend his days here.' Rose looked gratified and pointed out several improvements her father had been making. "'I am very proud of my home,' she said, "'but I do not think it more lovely than Roseland's.' "'Ah, Miss Rose, but you ought to see the Oaks, Papa's new place,' said Elsie eagerly. "'It is much handsomer than Roseland's, I think. "'Miss Rose must visit us next time, Papa, must she not?' "'If she will, daughter, Miss Allison, or any other members of her father's family, "'will always find a warm welcome at my house.' Rose had only time to say thank you before the carriage had stopped, and Edward, springing out, was ready to assist the others to alight. End of chapter 15 Recording by Joyce Martin